I mean, it's both. Oh, really? I It's like, I totally get why people don't like it here. But I love it, you know. Um, but you literally forget sometimes that you're, like, literally surrounded by water. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that, like, people love it or they hate it. There's no in-between. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's like even in Pacaf uh, where I work, it's I mean, it's not very far from the water, but you're like you forget that you're on an island because you're just surrounded by walls all the time. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you guys have windows in your office, right? I'm being a weird. No, yeah. man, I work in a cave. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sucks. She's like, no. Whoops. That's the worst. What do you yeah. do now? What's what your, do like, I do now? What's your real job? Because you don't do so, Intel, right? I, I do a lot of things. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, right now, I plan uh, pack app exercises. So basically, I go around uh, the Pacific and um, anything related to like uh, exercising with other countries or other branches. Like I'm kind of like that logistics liaison. So nice. Yeah. That sounds so badass. Basically, I, I'm telling you, like, I either make people's lives really, really good or really, really bad. (laughs) (laughs) So. How long have you been out there now? Uh, Two years. Two years. Um, Actually, this month. I was just sharing um, my my memories of when Jackson saw the beach for the first time. And it was, like, legit two years ago. Um, But it's been, like, the fastest two years ever. Like... You already know, like being in MTI, that was the slowest four oh years of my, my entire gosh. life. <laughs> uh, I get but flashbacks. I, I'm telling you, people still like to this day, like I'll talk about all the things I've accomplished in the logistics world. And then the minute that I bring up being an MTI, they're like, tell me about being an MTI. I'm like, what's there to say? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> wants know to know, happens. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, man. I'm excited to be on the podcast, bro. Yeah, buddy. Hold on, I'm just trying to make yeah. sure that we have our uh, settings correct here. Oh, you're good. All right. Where are the kids at? We we right. locked them up. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> they're on there. No, yeah. Don't bother us. <laughs> yeah, we got business. They're just hanging out in the rooms. Uh, they're either nice. playing Legos or they're watching their, or they're playing games on their phones. Watching YouTube. There you go. Like all the kids, that's oh. all they want to do nowadays. <laughs> that's all, Jackson. I'm, I was just on the phone with him, and he's like, "This is what I watched on YouTube today." I'm like, "Cool, awesome, <laughs> great." <laughs> I know. I'm like, I remember if I had to sit down and watch TV as a kid, it would be pretty much like the worst two hours of my life. And now it's like, just go outside and play. And it's, like, oh, why would you make me do such a thing? <laughs> It's so hot outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. It's getting fucking hot over here. You were just here, weren't you, yeah. in Texas? Yeah, it was hot as hell over there. Oh, my gosh. But uh, my brother, he just got a house in Georgetown. So it's like right outside of Austin. Mm. Um, so it's like still in the country. So um, he like, I'm like walking outside and I'm hearing like frogs and shit. And I was like... Oh, I'm in the country country. Like there's like cows <laughs> cows just running up to me and stuff, but I'm like, hey, this is not Hawaii. Where were you at before so, Hawaii? You're at like uh, Holland or was, something, weren't you? 
Bro, I've been everywhere, it seems like. Uh, I was in Korea for a year before I got to Hawaii. Yeah, so, so yeah, so that, I basically did my job at the base level. Um, so all the units that come to Korea to exercise, um, I would be like the reception office. So like anything around the base, like I'm like the liaison to in regards to the like the support plan for the base. Dang. Were you there so, with, your, with your kid? Oh gosh, no. He was. It was like the longest year of my life because he was. Um, he was back in New Mexico with Leah and my mom and all that. So it was. Yeah, it was a long year. Oh yeah, I bet that sucks. Yeah, man, it's been uh, kind of crazy. But honestly, like the whole like pandemic and everything, like it's been like a blessing in disguise because I I'm always going somewhere. It seems, and so now I've just been spending all that time at home. And when he finally went to Leah's, I'm like, man, you haven't seen him in like a year and a half. So like, we're just catching up with being with family, you know? Oh shit. That's crazy. Yeah. Because Hawaii went on like full lockdown, didn't it? Dude, they're still restricted as hell right now because, um, you know, all the tourists are coming back because Europe's still on lockdown. So everybody wants to come to Hawaii. Um, so now that we're just now opening up, uh, you still have to like get a test before you enter in the state. And it has to be like, if you're, if you don't get a test or if you're positive, you have to quarantine for like 10 to 14 days. Um, and then if you travel inner Island, it's even worse. So it's crazy right now. Even if you're vaccinated. Yeah. Even if you're vaccinated. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a cruise book for next month and they were talking about canceling it. So I was like, let's just go to Hawaii. And then I was like, psych, that sounds like it was more of a headache than it needs to be. Yeah, it was, it's funny how every time I travel, it's like so much of a chore just to come back to Hawaii (laughs) because everywhere else is fine. And uh, I had to like, when I came from Texas to come back here, I had to pay like $139 just for a test. Oh shit. So, because I only take certain tests. Like, you can't get the free one at freaking uh, Walgreens or something like that. You have to take, like, the expensive one at CVS. <laughs> Try to get your money. I'm telling you, man. I was like, all this for what? You know? All right. Be before like, oh, before oh, we oh. get any further, let me do the intro real quick. <laughs> go ahead. There we you go. good? I'm good. <laughs> all right. Welcome, everybody, to the Ville House Podcast. I'm your host, Cruz Robbie Villanueva, alongside my beautiful co-host, Holly Nicole Villanueva. Hi. What's up, babes? <laughs> <laughs> and then today we have very special guest, Kayla Eatson. What's up? What's up, man? Thank you so much for having me, both of you. It's been too long that we actually talked in person. Yeah, it's been a while. I was going to say yeah. Edison just to mess with you, but... Uh, like everybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> All my life. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I don't want to set her off, so I won't say it. Yeah, so like, I don't know, we've... I've been in the Air Force for almost 14 years, so we've known each other for, like, 13 years, I guess. And ever since tech school, I've always just referred to you as Thomas, and I never really, like, changed it. And so he refers to you as that. He's like, do you think we should get Thomas on the podcast? And and people will be like, who the hell are y'all talking about? And I'm like, it's a whole (laughs) – it just stuck. Like, I never changed it, so that's what I'd have always called you. (laughs) That's – Literally, I tell people that all the time as part of tech school. Like, I'm just Thomas. And I remember um, uh, Pippin, her, we called her Scotty. So, Scotty and Thomas back in the day. And that I, was like, probably all me, it. wasn't it? I feel like I probably started it was that. All you. 
<laughs> Damn it. Look that, at you. That's what happens when you get an 18-year-old with all of her freedoms. <laughs> and I ran into her. She's here in Hawaii with me. Oh, nice. And so as soon as I saw her face, I was like, Scotty! <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> it totally um, took her back. She totally forgot about that. Man, girl, tech school. It was awesome. weird when we became uh, MTIs and like when we would run into each other. Because the first thing that oh, would yeah. come out of my mouth, well, I wanted to say Thomas. <laughs> and I was like, ah, it's Arnington. <laughs> I had to catch myself. So it was just, it was awkward for me. I struggled every time. I'm telling you, I like, that's my story from tech school is that that's what I was known for. Because like, even when we had our, you know, like in MTI land, we had our call signs and whatnot. And I would say, uh, people just call me Thomas. So like, just stick with it. And of course, like everyone's like, no, I don't want, I don't want to call you that. Like I've, I've been called uh einstein before and i'm like that has nothing to do with my last name <laughs> or <laughs> or like in beast it was uh uh it was me uh Colazzo, and i think uh marino and we called ourselves e equals mc squared for some reason <laughs> i get it i get it. what nerds. Get it, like it just literally has nothing to do with thomas edison but okay <laughs> read a book <laughs> god bless yeah but man, it's been too long. Yeah. You said you just did a podcast not too long ago. Yeah, actually that's why I wore the the pride shirt because yeah. I wore uh I wore uh, the same thing for um it was literally maybe 2 weeks ago. I did a podcast uh with some brothers and sisters in our community uh to talk about LGBT issues. Uh, don't ask, don't tell. Um, and then just what I dealt with um, when the Defensive Marriage Act uh, got struck down uh, back in 2013. And that's when I was, uh, as you guys know, married at the time. So, so yeah, it was a lot of awesome stuff that we talked about and just where we are and how far we've come in the last 10 years and what we still face to this day. So it was awesome. Hey, the, the entire time you were in before they read, they repealed uh, don't ask don't tell was it like a, a worry for you honestly um I, i've always been like open about who i am since high school so when i came in the air force it was like the best way i could describe it um is just being put back into a box like literally back into the closet actually like i um i remember signing all that paperwork and and yeah they 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 brought me back. They brought me back when we were talking about it on the other podcast. Like, they're like, "Oh, do you remember all the all the paperwork you had to sign saying that you're not going to engage in certain activity and stuff?" And I'm like, "Oh, I totally forgot about that." I didn't know. They like, did almost that. like I had to sign. Like, yeah, I'm not going to do gay stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, because I met you. I so guess. Like, all right. When did you graduate basic training? Uh, it was August. Of 2007, yeah. Yeah, so you graduated. That's when I went into basic training. So we met at tech school. And I mm -hmm. always, like, knew. Yeah. But you didn't, you weren't, like, open about it when I knew you. Right. You were kind of just like, oh. And I'm, yeah. like, it was obvious to me. But I was going to be like, <laughs> hey, girl, tell me the secret. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I've I've been told that, um, that I don't make it obvious or, like, some people um, – would ask if I'm like family and I always like played stupid too. And I'm like, what do you mean family? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, 
but uh, I mean, yeah, it was it was crazy. I don't I don't think I got a lot of the hate that a lot of my brothers and sisters went through. Um, I have some stories about them, but uh, it was really just you know whenever I uh, was dating somebody, I just had to make it like not obvious at all, and it just it just sucked because everybody else could just you know live free and do what they do, and I couldn't do that, so it was pretty rough. Yeah, that uh, does suck. I didn't know that they uh, made you go through and sign all that crap. That's, uh, that's I remember yeah. signing. Everybody signs it. Did I? Yeah. You signed <laughs> I it. don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Don't do gay stuff. Because <laughs> I remember that was a big time. Even when we were in tech school, um, and I don't remember what her name was, so like, if you listen to the podcast, sorry. But do you remember the girl who was like dating a firefighter and they were doing like butt stuff and it got recorded. She got kicked what? out of the Air Force. Yeah. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. So somebody recorded oh. it and she got kicked all the way out of the Air Force and they brought all that up. Like you signed this paperwork saying you weren't going to do these things. Like, see ya. And we were like, what yeah. the fuck is happening? <laughs> Literally controlling how humans interact. That's crazy yeah. to me. It's it so was, crazy. It was nuts. That whole yeah. like when I, well, obviously we teach at tech school now, but when I think back mm-hmm. to being in tech school, I'm like, these kids complain so much now, but if they had to do what we went through when we were in tech school, they'd be, we would have no one going through tech school anymore. Oh, absolutely. Uh, just talking um, to that group of individuals, I, I haven't met them, any of them. Um, one of them, uh, she was, she's an A1C actually, so she just came in and she couldn't believe the stories that we were telling. She's like, I had never... Like, even growing up in a small town, I've never experienced anything like that. Like, it feels like ancient history almost. And it wasn't even that long ago. So, um, so I'm, like, thankful that people don't go through that. But, I mean, we still do. Uh, But a lot lot of them are more free to be who they are. Um, But it's just, it's just like any history, right? You, like, got to appreciate what we went through in order to, I mean, appreciate more of what you have now. Um, so it's eye opening, man. Um, just talking about, you know, even in MTI land, like when I, I think, um, I brought Leah, my ex-wife, I brought her to the zone, uh, to show her around and I can't remember who it was, but basically they were just like in total shock that I was married to a woman and it's like 2015 at the time. And then I'm like, uh, yeah, man, that's my wife. And he legit, like, he wouldn't accept it for some reason. It's hard to explain. But he was like... Was he, he was rude like, about it? No, nah, man. Yeah, he was just like, it, like, like I was playing a joke on him or something. He's like, no, nah, that's like your sister or something. Like, no, shithead, it's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, uh, it was Beck, actually. Beck the, was the one that was like, dude, she is married to a woman. What can't you understand? And he just got <laughs> like so angry with not him. processing what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're so ignorant. Like, yeah, still. Um, yeah, yeah, I talked about that. But uh, yeah, good times. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't feel that way anymore about it. Like I was angry at the time, but it's just, it's just a lot of ignorance that you come across and um it's it's something that I was like I can't really get angry about it because people are just gonna people, y'all know how it goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> some people and, yeah. and to be honest, like some of their mind their mindset's not gonna change for a lot of them, which kind of sucks. I don't, I don't know, man. I uh, 
I had um, straight up an eight hour conversation with my former mother in law before because she's very religious. Oh gosh. And so yeah. Uh. So oh gosh. So um I, I try not to be angry with that because again, I can't tell somebody to believe or not believe. Like, you know, like that's their preference, just like my preference. So um she straight up was like in my own house in Texas telling me that she doesn't believe in who we are and that we're married and and I I mean, I had to respect the honesty, but I was like, Let, let's talk about it because I don't like, I don't want that to divide Leah and I. And um, she told me like, still to this day, she speaks highly of me, um, but that she respects me as a person and she likes me and I, she knows that I make her happy, but she just can't compute that for some reason. And I was just like, that's fair. It is what it is. As long as you treat me like a human being, I'm cool. Yeah. Is Leah so, remarried? Uh, she was. Oh, no, oh. she's not. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, thanks oh, for making this awkward, babes. <laughs> no, because, well, I remember when we all lived in San Antonio and you guys bought a house. Um, I think there was like a picture that you posted on Facebook where she was like laying on the floor and you, you have to know what picture I'm talking about. And you're like, we got, the, we finally yeah. got our house. And I knew that you were, like, dating her, but I didn't realize you guys were actually married until I, like, saw that. And I was like, dang, did she get married? And then you guys, like, had your son and all that. But, yeah, I was like, I guess knew you were dating someone, knew you were living together, all that. But I didn't know you guys had gotten married. Yeah, it happened really fast. And it's something that, you know as much as I joke around about like the whole like first marriage in the military, like, Oh, got that one out of the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm um, right there with but you. It, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just mark that one off. Um, but no, like it all happened way too fast. I think um, it's, it's another joke that I make about cliche lesbians. Now we just like our second date, we get a U-Haul and all that, but it was just, <laughs> It, it, it happened too fast. Um, to, like we wanted like the the house, we wanted the big family, we wanted all these things like a normal, so to speak, family should have. But then we didn't really work very well on our marriage to begin with. So, um, so yeah, it was it was tough when we got divorced. And but it's weird because actually, her and I talked about it recently um, in the last year or so. We we gotten a lot closer co-parenting wise. So we talked about it and it was like when I, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but I got back in the career field after I left Lackland and like six months later I deployed to Afghanistan. So um, I told her basically, I remember telling her at the time, like, yeah, so this is my normal job in the Air Force. It was already stressful to begin with. Like I travel a lot. Um, And so this is kind of what you signed up for. And it was at that moment that her and I talked about recently that like we both realized like we're better off not being together. Yeah. It was like almost like we respected that decision on both of our parts. Like we're, yeah, we, we shouldn't be together. Like the whole time I was gone, even though I missed Jackson, it was like, like I felt fine. Like I felt actually happy because it, because we weren't together. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, but we're like, we're actually like, holy crap, like friends now. So yeah, it got real ugly there it, for a bit, huh? With you two. 
Oh yeah, super ugly. Like I, I honestly felt like. Do you guys remember? Uh, I don't know if you still listen to it, but on uh, God, what radio station is it? But it's Billy Madison. Yes. Yeah. I always just do him in San Antonio, and he has like the deadbeat dads on, yeah. <laughs> and he like prank calls them. Like I honestly thought that I was living in one of those because. <laughs> We were having so many custody issues when we first got divorced that I was like, oh, my God, I feel like I literally have a deadbeat dad that I have to deal with. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, it was so wild, you know, especially with, like, going to Korea and being gone and dealing with her shit. Um, you know, we just we just never communicated and we didn't do it well in our marriage and then we didn't do it well during d- the divorce. Um, and we parent way differently way differently so it was rough for a while but i'm telling you it's like way better now like we we talk about i actually told her about uh, my girlfriend now and how we're gonna go um pick up jackson together actually next month uh so she can meet him and she's totally cool with it and i was like holy crap are we like growing as people (laughs) oh my gosh being grown-ups yeah oh my gosh we're co-parenting that's crazy dang yeah, that's always tough no. to do. Uh, like, ah, even if it's a mutual breaking up or divorce or whatever, it's going to get ugly. I, I don't think I've ever known anybody or seen one that's just like, hey, it was a clean break. We agreed on everything and we just went our separate yeah. ways. Nah, it's never Not like that. Not when kids are involved. Yeah. Oh, especially, yeah. Especially when kids are involved. Because I, I think because I dealt with divorce a lot as a kid and my dad being gone on deployments and all this stuff, like I didn't want the same for Jackson. So I remember when we first got divorced, I was like, look, I like, I don't want this to be an ugly thing. I like, we'll split up everything as needed. And I just want it to be civil. I want us to be able to co-parent. And it was just, it just not that easy. Like there's just still a lot of hurt feelings involved. Mm -hmm. And it just like the smallest thing set one of us off about like how w- the other cared about Jackson when he was at whose house. So, um, and at the time I was at Holloman and she's at um, White Sands Missile Range and it's like 40 minutes apart. Um, so it's like, we were too close still. It seemed like, yeah. like we just needed space. Um, so even though Korea was really hard uh you know, especially because at the time when I when I went to Korea, she that's when she remarried. Um, so I didn't know the person that she was with. And I asked, I was like, before I left for Korea, I was like, um, you know, do you mind if, you know, I meet her, you know, just because I, I need to know, like, who's with my kid, you know, who's going to be influencing my kid, you know, like, it's not, it's, it's more of a co-parenting thing. Um, and she took that the wrong way, I guess. And I never... Like still to this day, they're divorced now, and I never knew who that person was. Oh shit! So, and it, yeah, I think it's hard for people to understand. Like, me meeting them isn't going to change the fact that you're marrying them. I just want to know who they are. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. We went through that with yeah with my ex. Well, I don't know. He went to tech school with us. Do you remember? Well, we'll talk about that later. But anyways, my ex, my daughter's dad, when he was getting remarried. Um, like, I knew who she was, but I didn't know her. And then one time, he just sent her to my house to get right. Braylon. And I'm like, mm, maybe you should tell me your name first before we roll with this. <laughs> like, before I just hand my kid over <laughs> yeah. to you. Um, but, yeah, that right. was 
like now we're amicable like we can talk and stuff but we're definitely nowhere close to friends like I don't talk to him about anything unless it's regarding our daughter and yeah I think even that is hard for a lot of people to just communicate strictly about the kid yeah Yeah. right it's it's hard to separate the two because um you know if I again, we parent very differently. So if I want to know about his day or if I want to talk to him, you know, she, it was even to the point where our calling schedules, like I, you know, I, I think one way, like I, I want to be able to talk to him when I'm in Korea. I want us to be able to talk face to face. Um, if not every other day, then as much as I possibly can, you know, like I still want to have that relationship with him because, you know, when I was a kid, I never saw my dad when he was away. You know, he was gone and, you know, technology back in the day, like he may have called us maybe once a week, but he always talked to my mom. So like, I never saw him and he'd be gone for like a year to 15 months. So, um, so a lot of that stuff is very triggering too, when you deal with that as a kid. And now here I am living the kind of the same thing with my kid. And I'm like, I don't want that same situation to happen. I don't want him to resent me for being gone. Um, especially because military ain't going anywhere for me right now. Like I'm just going to keep doing this. So I have to make the best out of it. And I think even though she was in the military, she was in the reserves for a bit. um, It's like, she didn't understand that. Like she never lived that. So she didn't understand it. She didn't understand why I wanted to talk to him as much as I wanted to. Um, So it was always a point of contention with us. Like, why do you need, she thought it was like a controlling thing. Why do you need to see what he's doing? Because I'm his mom. Like, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard one. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah. It, now it's, um, you know, we actually had a good conversation. Um, I, I've been to therapy for the past year and a half now. Maybe, yeah. A little more than a year and a half. So it helped me kind of learn how to talk to her without it seeming like an attack to her basically, because we just didn't know how to talk to each other. Um, More like a, I need you to understand like why I'm triggered by certain things. uh, Cause I dealt with a lot of stuff as a kid, Um, like emotional neglect. So that's why I, it's almost like I feel like I have to overcompensate for Jax, you know? So, um, so we had a good talk. I actually had one of my assignments for my uh, doctor was to write a letter to my parents, basically explaining, you know, certain things that have happened in my childhood, what they, what I needed from them at the time as a child and what I got instead. And so well, just tough. practicing that. Yeah. It's, oh God, it was <laughs> a long letter. Oh my gosh. And giving it to them was not fun, but it's, something that I had to do for sure to like be at peace with a lot of things. So I got two completely different um, responses. <laughs> Are your parents, one was very, your parents aren't married, right? No, they're divorced. So you had to write for, two letters like respective to each parent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, because they, um, they were back and forth a lot in my childhood. They, um, you know, again, my dad was in the army, but he was out for a little bit. Um, and they divorced like two or three times and got back together. 
Like they were just back and forth all the time. And then when they were, when they were apart, I was always meeting like boyfriends and girlfriends. So it was always around, it's always constant change, you know? Um, and being at like random people's houses for Thanksgiving that I don't know, I don't know their family. And here I am with this random group of people that I don't like and their food's terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> that's hard. Um, yeah. So, um, so that's why I think that whole situation with Leah, it was really hard for me because I wanted it to be um, civil, but it's just not that easy. It just takes some time. Yeah. So how did Jack still with like everything? He was still really little, huh? Yeah. When we, uh, we divorced in 2017. So um, yeah, he was two, he was two and a half, maybe. Um, Does he ask questions and about that, it and stuff now? He does actually. Um, he he asks me a lot of questions now, uh, <laughs> like a lot of a lot of questions that I'm like, man, I'm not ready for this. Like you're you're only six years old. I'm not ready to have these life conversations with you. Pump the brakes, homie. <laughs> I'm telling. He's like he wants to know. You know. Um, he asked me before about why he doesn't have a dad, and I was like, oof, oh. I'm not ready for this one. Um, <laughs> And I didn't, I honestly, like, I wasn't prepared for it. I was like, I don't even know how to explain that to a six-year-old. Um, but I straight up said, like, you know, um, I actually got this book. Uh, I forget what it's called, but basically explaining, you know, it has, like, the whole, like, farm animal pictures, like, for kids and stuff. But it talks about, like, different kinds of families. So you have families with one dad or two dads or one mom or, like, multiple parents and like everybody has different parents. Some might look different than others. Um, so I kind of like explained it to them that way. Like, you know, your mom and I were married and we had you and there's no technically no dad in that equation. And he, it was hard for him to understand that. But I think the more I talked about it, uh, the more he understood. Um, Cause he'll be like, so am I going to get like a dad or I'm like, yeah, that's not how that works. <laughs> but so if this is too much, you can just tell me to stop talking, but no, you knew who you chose to be his dad, right? I did. Um, so has he ever actually, met him? He did. Um, so right. it was, uh, we actually have a donor contract. So, um, you know, when Leah and I, first started talking about having kids, we did, we tried to do the whole IVF process, but it just felt so not Clinical. personal to me. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm like flipping through a catalog of dudes, <laughs> <laughs> like, like picking the best looking one. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. But he kind of looks weird in the eyebrows a little bit. And I don't <laughs> like that. Um, like, like it was really strange to me. Um, so I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I feel right about like picking the best sperm. <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, man. Um, but I actually, um, he was nearby at the time and I talked about, uh, it's, it might get a little too deep why I picked him, but, uh, I knew this guy since high school. Um, I, uh, m I don't know if you remember, but my best friend died in high school. Mm -hmm. um, her name's Katie. Um, and he actually was uh, the person who found her. Oh, no. So 
So like literally since then, we've been close. Like we've been like following each other's lives and like every once in a while I'll visit him and stuff. And we kind of like have that, that connection now. So when we started talking about it, um, about having a baby, I was like, I know this might sound weird, but I have like the perfect person that you have. Like, it's, it's really personal to me because we have this connection and I don't think I could just have a baby with somebody that like, it's just, we're never going to know who it is, you know? Um, so, so yeah, I asked him and he was just like, I was so nervous. Oh my God. I was so nervous. Yeah. How do you and, know about um, that conversation? That's, uh... I was just like, like we, we visited each other like always, you know, because I was close by and I was like, so I have a question. <laughs> <It's random. laughs> How do you feel about <laughs> Uh, giving me those jeans. Um, no, I, I didn't ask it like that. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever thought about being my baby daddy? Well, yeah. today is your day. Let's let's not talk about the how that's going to happen. We're just well, just one one piece at a time. Um, but he, uh, I, I literally like called him and afterwards, and we talked about it, and he was just like over the moon about it. He was like, "I would love to make you guys parents. That's awesome." Oh shit, that's bad. And I was like. Oh my God, I'm going to fucking cry. <laughs> um, but he's been so cool. And I knew that he would say yes, because he's just like the best person I know. So he's super sweet um, and just a genuine good person. So, um, so yeah, I won't go into the details of how he did it. But it was, <laughs> yeah, it was a homegrown baby. Let's just say that. Um, yeah, but uh, it's it was very like important to me that I have somebody that like, I will feel comfortable with knowing Jackson. Um, you know, he's, he saw him when he was a baby. He hasn't seen him since, unfortunately, just cause I've been everywhere else. Um, but I, I recently talked to him. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm actually trying to come back to Texas and I'd like for you. And you know, he has a family now. Um, I was like, I'd like for Jax to meet you and just, I don't know if you want to be like the uncle or something or like how you want to tell him. Um, but I think that that is very important for Jax to know, you know, at some point. So does he look like him? Yeah. Oh gosh. He's like the yeah. spitting image of you. So I can imagine he looks like <laughs> the other person. I will send you a picture, a baby picture of him because he looks exactly like me. But as soon as you see that baby picture, you're like, Oh my God. It's Raul. <laughs> <laughs> so I have another weird question. Like, how did you guys decide who was going to be the one that had the baby? Um, honestly, I I uh, took one for the team on that one because <laughs> I was like, um, you know, she has a son of hers uh, from her first marriage. Um, oh, I didn't know that. But uh, yeah, so um, he's... A, going to be 15 this year um but uh i said you know i'm i kind of want to experience it like i i felt like for the longest time i was never going to have kids and now that like i have that opportunity like i want to experience it so i'm um, like i remember her asking me too like you sure you want to do that when you're an mti i'm like no but i'm gonna do it anyway <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's funny because some some trainees still hit me up, former trainees that are like, I remember pregnant Sergeant Itson and she was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
like yeah it was quite the experience um never again though absolutely never again (laughs) i i cannot do that again um i just there was a lot of stress with being pregnant in that environment and it was just rough so that's a that's a bad environment to be pregnant in i don't like i'm props for doing that Dude, I don't know what I was thinking, to be honest. <laughs> because they don't, like, I don't, the community as a whole doesn't understand that, like, you're literally creating a human being inside your person, and they're like, hey, mm. your flight has to get marched. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right? Like, um, uh, I remember having to print out the PT reg because I was in my first trimester, and they still wanted me to take a mock test or some shit or or whatnot. I'm like, you know, we're all MTIs, right? Like, we all should be pretty well versed in regulations. Um, you would think. Uh, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't take take a PT test in my first trimester. Cannot do that. Um, I had to show him like my, my waiver that he already had, <laughs> and uh, the PT reg, and he was like, "Oh, well, you're not really showing yet." I'm like, "That's not how this works." <laughs> goes, oh, you're pregnant, not how belly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you're not about to pop so you must be able to do it I'm like nope nope that's not that's how that struggle. works sorry some, some people <laughs> i'm telling you even even after i had jackson because at the time you know our maternity leave was six only weeks. six weeks mm-hmm. and the only reason why i got extra time was because i had a c-section oh so shit. it was like additional two weeks did you choose to have a c-section or you had to have one i had to have one i was terrified um uh, it was basically every contraction that i had uh his heart rate would drop so they were like yeah we're gonna have to just take him on out and i'm like oh cool i just like immediately like started throwing up out of sheer fear <laughs> oh man oh man that's <laughs> yeah uh what about you holly oh no i had all of mine all three of them natural um, yeah. but I had like stupid fast labors. So my first yeah. daughter was born, like first contraction to birth in like four hours. My middle daughter, I was literally in the hospital. Like, so we lived in San Antonio at like 1604 in Petrenko. Cause you guys yeah. lived at like Calabria, right? Yeah. So we lived at 1604 in Petrenko. I felt my contractions. Uh, I did like the girly thing and like went and took a shower and shaved my legs and shit because, you know, I was about to have mm-hmm. a baby. And then <laughs> we got to the hospital. You got to do it. And I was there. I, we checked in at like 537 and she was born at 607. So that one, Dang. she was just like all natural, no drugs. I thought I was going to die. Holy crap. And then with my third daughter, they were like, once you start feeling your contractions, you won't make it to the hospital. So they induced me with her. Um, but yeah, I just, all natural. It was, I was done after that. I was like, just sew that shit all up, rip it out, <laughs> whatever it takes. Like I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> My last one. Yeah. But I mean, and this is another thing just on how, why I think the medical system in the military just needs so much change is when I wanted yeah. to get my tubes tied, he had to go and sign a paper that gave me permission <laughs> to get my tubes tied. Oh my God. Yes. I've heard about that. Oh, I was yeah. so angry. And I'm, the doc- I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
the doctor are you was okay like, with this sir are you okay with this and i was like you know what? what if he went to his doctor and wanted a vasectomy you wouldn't fucking call me like you would just yeah, right. do whatever it takes and that's it um but they were like well what if tomorrow he's like i'm out like i don't want to be married to you anymore and it's like motherfucker i'm still gonna have three kids like they're not going somewhere because he <laughs> right. bounces like um but yeah like, so i had to go in and say i wanted my tubes tied i had to wait six weeks to make sure that's really what i wanted and then go yeah. back in and then he had to go with me in six weeks and say yep i agree that she can have her tubes tied and then they scheduled my surgery Oh, I was not a happy camper. <laughs> your your body. That's just crazy to me. Your body. And they have to make sure that you're not making some kind of emotional un like like just yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Uh, well, because I my whole thing was when I had Dallas, she's like our youngest daughter. Um, I was like, hey, while well, you're all up in there already, just clip that shit up. <laughs> like, like this doesn't have to be a second surgery, right? Like, you're, yeah. you're already in place to make this happen. And they Let's were kill like, two birds. They were like, no, man, that's not how this works. <laughs> so she was born in March, and I didn't actually have the surgery until June. Damn, dude. Yep. So I was like fully recovered from birth, and then they're like, just kidding, let's do this one more time. <laughs> Let's open you on up yeah. again. But, um, oh. yeah, it was, it's been a wild ride with all these kids. Yeah, I can imagine. I definitely applaud you for having all those beautiful babies because that first one, I was like, I don't know how y'all do this with multiple <laughs> kids because I'm out. That's like, it. Uh, that's, I'm done with this one. Yeah, and I had, um, I don't know if you uh, experienced it or know about it, but it's called um, pups. And it's basically a rash that like starts at your stretch marks, but it literally spreads all over your body. Oh, no, I never heard And I had that in my last month and I could not take anything for it. Like maybe just like some topical stuff, but like they said, they can't obviously can't give me steroids or anything like that. Like literally the, I've been like, the give me the steroids and let's make the Hulk. Like, I'm done. I'd be like, let's induce this child then. <laughs> yeah. No, but so. They, oh, go ahead. They said, I was just going to say, they said that the only cure was childbirth. That was it. Let's do it then. <laughs> Send yeah, yeah, let's go. Um, no, but when we had our two youngest daughters, well, obviously, like, he has a kid from his first marriage. I have a kid. And then together we have two. Um, but we had both of our daughters while he was a TI and just being pregnant and having the other kids while he was working those like super long, like 18 hour days. And then like, just kidding. We need you to go host the POW run. Like just let him come home so I can go to bed. (laughs) Right. But uh, yeah, like I commend you for doing it while you're a TI because just while being in the military married to a TI, I was so done. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to come over there and lose my shit in this squadron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to so many times. I, I actually, I'm thankful at least if that, if that even means anything that I was at beast at the time, because at least it was a five day work week most of the time. Yeah. So, um that was like the blessing that i needed in that situation because i couldn't be in a squadron at that time i just couldn't um just not the way that they treat all of us at the time um yeah i i couldn't i couldn't do it man 
I always tell people like you can't pay me enough to go back through uh, student status the way we went through it. Ooh, hell no, man. I I uh, I actually had this conversation like when I was at Northern Edge uh, just now in Alaska. Um, there's a few people who, of course, they heard that I was in TI. So I've had like a lot of long because we were you know on long shifts during the exercise. And they're asking me about like the worst part of being an MTI. I'm like, well, I feel like times have changed now, but just, just like going, like graduating MTI school and, and going through that zero to second week process and, <laughs> and on rookie says like sleeping in my car. And I just like, there's nothing like it. Like it was, I, I remember falling asleep so many damn times, like driving or, or whatever. As soon like, as you sit it, down, it, it's it like hard. you're falling asleep, bro. I I remember Leah and I would get into fights because I'm like, when I get home, I have to continue to do things because as soon as I sit down, my ass is asleep. <laughs> I would get so mad because I would be talking and he'd be like, yeah. And then I would continue to talk. I'm like, was, was that like you didn't want to talk anymore? Okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't hold my eyes open. It's like you sit down, especially if you're sitting like in a recliner or a couch, like you're done for. Oh, Game over, uh, so man. I'm we, telling you. We couldn't hold conversations, and I'm sure it was the same for you. We couldn't hold a conversation. If we were driving anywhere, say you were able to go home after after dinner, chow, or whatever, so you, you can still go out to eat with the family, she had to drive. I was like, so damn exhausted. If we like, were like meeting anybody, I'd be like, do not text him because he will be asleep as soon as I start the car. So if you yeah. need something, call me, <laughs> or you're not going to get through to us until we get there. But yeah, he- Oh, yeah. I mean, one, he just like pretty much stopped eating for a period of like a month and a half. So he lost so much weight, was super unhealthy, um, and then just never slept. I was like, yeah. you look like somebody outside Valley High right now. Like, can you get some chicken nuggets? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know like when people ask you, but when I tell people, sometimes I feel like, oh man, I'm just making this shit up or I'm talking shit because it seems so outlandish, right? And it's like, yeah, there's no way right. that's true. But you go back and think about it. It's like, man, that's exactly what I went through. Like, I lost 40 pounds. Uh, yep. I lost 40 pounds throughout that. Pro and that's from, uh, what was it? From July to October, I lost 40 pounds in that process until I finally qualified. Um, yep. But not, and I didn't eat, not because I wanted to. It's because they just didn't let you. And, you know, one of the things they tell you is right. like, hey, make sure you eat, make sure you eat. Well, yeah, but you motherfuckers don't give me any time to eat. Yeah, like when? <laughs> when can I eat? Because if they're in chow, I gotta be doing my rounds. I gotta be yeah. constantly making corrections. He would like, like and, I, and he'd be like, "I'm in the restroom eating a Snickers," and I'm like, "Be a real person, <laughs> like go him." Yeah, food. I hid on the toilet and I was eating those fucking. Uh, oh my gosh, the protein dude. bars that they give them. Yep. Yep, yeah. I remember. Um, a lot of my uh, nutrition needs were met by energy drinks more than <laughs> yeah. anything. Yes. It was really it because I was so tired because I'm not uh, nourished enough. Yeah. So I'm just like chugging caffeine. And I remember, um, you know, every year or so, you know, we would meet up with, uh, we'd have an appointment um, with B-Hop or something. And they would be like, you know, how's your sleep or whatnot? And I'm like, I don't sleep. <laughs> I'm like, y'all know this. <laughs> Y'all are getting sleep. I don't sleep. Yeah. It's like that meme. And they're like, y'all are sleeping? <laughs> are you sleeping? Yeah. No, yeah, because I would get home and it's probably like at the earliest 10. 
because you you put them out for lights out and then yep. you do all your paperwork and if you're not doing uh, non-duties then you can go home but so say you get home at 10 uh you have to wake up well at least i did i woke up at 3 30 to make it into work by 4 30 she went further than us yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You live further than we did. I swear this was the oh, funniest yeah. story, and he swears by it. And I'm telling you, he's hallucinating. But he came home one day, and he's like, "Hey, I was going to work this morning." Okay. Well, well, first, let's start. Do you know like the neighborhoods that are? It's kind of in between 1604 and Marbach and 1604 and Petrenko. So they they were kind of new. There's like a hotel there, and so mm. okay, we yeah. li- we lived in those neighborhoods, like completely just residential, like nothing fancy out there. <laughs> He's like, hey, this morning I was going to work and there was just a cow walking down the sidewalk. And I'm like, motherfucker, you need to go to bed. No, there was, there was <laughs> that, a cow. I, like, I stick real. to my story. There was a fucking cow just like, walking down the it sidewalk. Just rolled into the neighborhood and was like, you know what? I think I'll walk on the sidewalk. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, I know I was What's sleep up, guys? deprived. It's been a while. <laughs> I was like, you for real need to go to bed. I should have taken a picture. He swears by it still. And I'm like, there are no cows around us anywhere to have gotten in our oh. neighborhood and on the sidewalk. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, it's funny because I actually remember having a nightmare. Oh, well, first of all, I don't know if you uh, did this, but I would have like Leah would wake me up because I'd be yelling at my dorm chief in my sleep. Mm. Oh, he'd call like, I would be yelling shit, at him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but she remembers, she told me the story of how like I like popped up out of bed and I'm like staring at something like in the doorway. And I was like, I swear to God, I saw like a dark figure holding like balloons or something in the doorway. And she was like, what? And she just like popped up and just like like went around the house to check if anybody was there. And she's like, "There's nobody there." I'm like, "I swear to God, I saw somebody." <laughs> See, you're crazy. That's what I'm getting out of this story. Is you didn't see a cow? Hey, yeah. You're solidifying my result. <laughs> like not eating and no sleep will do crazy shit to you. But you know what was even I'm worse was like in the few hours he did get to be home to like sleep or whatever, his trainer would be like, "Nope, you're gonna come to my house in my garage." And we're going to like call cadence. I would be like, tell oh. him no. And he's like, I have to go. I'm training. I would get, we would get in big fights about this. Yeah. Right. So here's what happened. You know what? Uh, so, so, <laughs> no. So yeah, I did go to his house and like doing all the MTI shit in his garage. Because for that one day, for that one weekend, something happened. And they're like, hey, nobody's going to come to the squadron on the weekend. Like you need the day off. So you're right. not going to come to the squadron on the weekend. If you do, you're going to get paperwork. Okay. Oh, shit. So my trainer took it as like, okay, so we just can't be on base. You're going to come to the house and we're going to train. <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. On my off time. Awesome. Yeah. And it's crazy because now, you know, years separated from that lifestyle, you know, I'm, I'm huge with me and my troops taking the time that we need yeah. and like giving it back if something happens. Um, to where we have to work a weekend or something. And it was hard for me to be that person for a while because like the first few weeks of me leaving Lackland and my phone was just like silent all the time. (laughs) I was just like, it is way too quiet right now. Like I remember walking outside when I got to Holloman. Granted, it's like a desert and there's nothing there. But like I walked outside when we first got to TLF and I was just like standing outside. And, she, and I remember Leah like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's so quiet right now. Like, yeah. I can't handle this. Like, there's nothing going. There's no yelling. Yep. Like, there's no, 
like cadence in the distance. There's like nothing. It's crazy. Um, but it was such a weird transition because, yeah, I uh, I would get phone calls all the time about something something stupid that my trainee did, and I'm like, like I legit just left. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's always those two words that hey sir or hey ma'am. Come like, oh, hey, motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, yes, it's a four-letter word now. Like, hey, man, I'm like, oh, God. Um, I, uh, you remember the the bat flight that I had? Yeah. Oh, what <laughs> is that? I missed this. Three thirty first, the uh, bats and the norms. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> the bat flight. It's funny, like when when someone will talk about BMT and they had no idea that I was that MTI, and they're like. Like, hey, y'all remember in BMT when some flight had, like, bats in their, like, dorm? And I'm like, yeah, that was my flight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, it was – so I remember pickup night, right? I'm giving them uh, their brief before the showers, and they're all sitting in the day room. And I see all of them, like, looking up like this, like, in the ceiling. And, of course, I'm, like, I'm, like, in the zone at the time. I'm like, what the hell are y'all looking at? And I look up, and there is a bat legit hanging from the ceiling. And I was like, I just got up, and I just like, <laughs> and I, I remember calling CQ like, y'all need to get somebody here like now because there's a bat in my dorm, and they didn't know what to do. It was like one in the morning. They're like, what, what do you want me to do? And I was like, I don't know. Get, get a net. Steve Irwin. I don't care. I don't call, call somebody. Irwin. Oh man. So, so like um nothing happened but they appeared later on when I was um gosh what was it I think I took leave to study for tech like I was gone for like a week and it was like the fifth week of training maybe um but I'm like sitting there studying and I have the news on in the background and all of a sudden I look up and I see my element leader's face on the news and I was like uh yo I just like called my eyes I was like what is going on and it was because they found that huge ass colony of bats in the ceiling yeah. and they like flew out and like hit my element leader in the stomach. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> <It was> just... <laughs> and I was like, I had to like go take him to get rabies shots for the rest of the training. I was so pissed. <laughs> oh my God. Uh... Why would you just stand there? Like it's me or you bat. Let, let's see who wins this battle. <laughs> That's damn good. Discipline is what that is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, hit me. <laughs> You're out of tension, motherfucker. Don't you move. Yeah, I'm telling you. And they they told me, uh, my flight told me that one of the trainees, she was just like, you know, from the South. And she was like, I got this. And just like chased the bat down and like tackled him. And I was like, what is going on? They just have a duffel bag. So, like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Just like, I got it, guys. Oh, man. That's crazy. <laughs> There's a lot of crazy oh, shit yeah. that happened while we were there. Were you at the 331st from the get-go? I started at the 23rd. So that was before they turned uh, – well, they moved into the new building and then they turned into the training – the actual training squadron for MTIs. So that's when I remember – it was, like, legit right after we moved into the new building because I pushed the, the first female flight out of there. Um, and we all got that email, like – all right, so uh, if you're not a trainer, we're just going to farm you out to other squadrons now. And I'm like, yo, like, this is my home. Like, I was so pissed off because 
I met some so many good people in the 23rd and um but uh now the 31st man I'll always remember the Wolfpack. That was a good place for me to be for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I ended up there uh, right after Beast and so I closed out my time there with at the 31st. How'd you like it? It was uh it was different because when I left uh uh when I left it what what do they call it now the line or whatever? Street MTIs. Yeah, yeah. So when I left pushing, um, it was a lot different than when I went back after Beast because I was at Beast for <clears throat> a, a year and a half or something like that. So yep. uh, when I left uh, the line, they were barely rolling out. They were barely rolling out all those changes that they that they made with the new group commander that went out and all that. So when I got yeah. back, everything was a lot more chill. Yeah. Than what it was when i left so it was like day and night so i was like oh this oh, is yeah, not bad sure. this this is pretty easy actually I, <laughs> so i had to get i had to uh familiarize myself again with some of the drill movements because it'd been, it'd been a year and a half out of practice but once i got yeah. back down it was like nothing and then you're splitting flights between two or three instructors and you're only doing 10 hour days it's like oh man this is this is nice <laughs> like I, I feel normal again yeah yeah it wasn't bad yeah, no, I, um, I'm glad that they did that. You know, I, I remember it was right before I went to Beast and they were implementing all those changes. And I remember just like having to like sign in and sign out and they were just so huge on like, if you do not sign in or sign out and if you don't actually leave when you sign out, you know, you're going to get paperwork because, you know, instructors would stay. Oh, yeah. Like they would sign out and they would just stay for the rest of the day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, um, cause it was your flight. It was, like it was, that was still the thing. Like it's your flight. So you're going to yeah. take care of it. Right. And it was still that, like one of the many unwritten rules about being a good instructor. Right. It's like, well, I feel like I still need to be here. Yeah. Like, like I have that responsibility to be here. And so, um, so I, I understand to a point that they had to legit be like, no, you need to actually leave. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or you're going to get held accountable. Yeah. So. I know. I would always, the way I would think about it in my mind, it's like, okay, this is my flight. I'm not going to let you mm -hmm. mess it up. Like, I get it. You got a hat and you're an instructor, but you're not going to do it the way I do it, which is the right way. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to take care of it. <laughs> Yo, that, that, I'm telling you, that ownership of that flight is real. Like, like I, I would say that I would be like, yeah, don't, don't be looking at all those other flights because they're all trash compared to us. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that was real. I'm like making them a list, like the other instructor, like making a list. Okay, don't like this is all I want you to do. Nothing else but this list right here. Nothing yeah. else. Yep. <laughs> do not veer off path. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So, are you code fifty but, uh, out at Hawaii right now? I am not actually. Um, so you don't, you I won't some, be a three-year mandatory mover? I won't be, a, I'm sorry? A three-year mandatory mover? No, I will not. Um, I actually, um, I'm on that operational deferment to where I still don't deploy. So I'm still like the X-band type. Um, but, uh -oh. but yeah, no, I, I just, I'm on a three-year tour anyway. Oh, nice. So you're up so, for order soon. Um, 
Yeah, that's why I'm trying to go back to Texas, man. Oh, are you? We're Where trying. You, go? you can come out here to tech school again. Yeah. Bring back memories. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm not going to go over there, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, uh, my, my job, uh, Logistics Plans, that tech school is at Lackland. Oh, yeah. So, like, it was just, like, down the street from the 31st, so right past uh, Security Forces. We're, like, on the on the far corner. Yeah. Um, so I thought about it. I'm like, you know, maybe, you know, if, if I were to come back, I, I would totally be a tech school instructor because our tech school is like freaking barely six weeks long. Yeah. The, um, oh, that's uh, how my tech school was. Yeah. Yeah. It's so tech school instructor, like it's pretty chill in the classroom. Like if all I had to do was go and teach and then like bounce, I'd be down for it. But it's all the extra, like, just admin shit that makes it miserable for a job. Mm. And being in San Angelo sucks. It's like an MTI. I mean, I'm sure you, you would agree. It's like pushing the flight and training them and getting them to graduation is, like, the best part. And it, for the most part, mm. it's the easy part. It's all the paperwork and dealing with the other instructors and everybody else in the unit and all the other shit that's going on that just makes it that much more difficult. So it's the same, huh? In the tech school world. <laughs> I mean, it's ATC. It's, uh, yeah. 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 I imagine on exactly. Lackland it's worse, though, just because you're on Lackland. <clears throat> oh yeah, I uh, I feel like that's kind of the thing that's keeping me from like making that decision uh, to go for it because it's like I don't I haven't been in that environment since I left. So if I come back, I'm gonna be like, oh, like I can't deal with y'all today. And I'm, you know, of course, at the time I still felt like a baby. In Lackland, you know, I was really young when I got there. So, um, so now that I'm more seasoned, as we will call it, um, salty. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, a little, a, a, a little, a little, a little salty. salty and got, got You're a the crusty master sergeant now. You know exactly. Now that I'm that, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be doing this half the time. Like, yeah, screw all you. Um, <laughs> you know, like it's. It'll be different. I actually thought about when I was in Texas a couple weeks ago, I, I thought about going to Lackland just so I can like be in that environment and just like observe and be like, make that my decision if I want to be back in that environment again or not. Um, we just didn't have the time. But um, I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. I it, It's definitely the people, like the, the fellow instructors and the leadership that I just, I couldn't do that shit anymore. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I just like totally remembered this. I guess I don't know how I blanked it, but you're looking at being a shirt, aren't you? I am looking into that. that's the other thing. So I know for damn sure my job's not going to release me to be a shirt. Um, it's just my career field is so damn small, and we have so few ma- uh, well senior NCOs. Um, so they they'll either put me like at the wing like holding down a shop or I'll be in a freaking one deep slot at a Magcom. People just like rotate all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not something I want to do. Like I want to be with people, you know, like being at PAC, was really awesome because I get to travel and I've like grown so much as an NCO now senior CEO. But like, like I haven't like what filled my cup in uh, Alaska was I was able to like mentor and teach people about logistics. And like there is junior enlisted all around me. So like, that's my shit right there. So like, um, 
So if I don't go to a wing at my next base, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna want to sit in a freaking cubicle by myself all the time and deal with these damn contractors and uh, officers all the time. Like, no offense, but it's just, it's just a different world. Like, yes. Um. So, so yeah, I I thought about that. Um, but if I do the shirt thing, I probably have to go like to the reserve to get an AGR slot or well, something like that. Well, can you not um the DSD list for your career field? There's n- it's a zero release. Cause I know for uh, our that's what I field, heard. like one and knows it's a huge career field, but we only have like two release for, um, but I thought, <clears throat> I thought a career field could not say no to DSD. I thought they, there was one release for every career field. There, there are, I know that they, they recently, actually we have, um, uh, we call it a log plans day. So it's like an annual kind of like conference that we do with the career field. Cause we only have like, I think I just saw the number a couple weeks ago. It's like 2.3 thousand in my career field. Like it's extremely small. So, um, <clears throat> so they'll start like giving out the stats of like who they're releasing. Cause that's one of the biggest questions in the career field is like, can we like do DSD? Can we branch out? You know? Um, cause I, I even advocated it to my, my CFM. Cause I'm like, I th- I'm pretty sure that I learned how to be an NCO by being an MTI. Like I didn't learn how to be an NCO in my job because I deal with officers all the time and I have to, I brief wing commanders and I, I do a lot of stuff that other junior enlisted don't do. So like learning how to be an NCO was being an MTI. So I need, like people need to branch out and do other things. Um, so I think that's going to be a big thing that they're going to talk, start talking more about because so many airmen are disgruntled like half of our career field are first term airmen so they're disgruntled and they want to cross train or get out or like me i want to go be an mci i put in my packages as soon as i made staff i put that package in so um that needs to change it's kind of a culture problem in our career field but hopefully they change it because yeah a lot of people want to get out i think it's funny that you have to well this isn't really funny but it for me it is i think it's funny that you have to brief wing commanders because i remember when you had to brief in tech school and you'd have like a full-blown fucking panic attack every time <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i i actually just recently talked about this because i told somebody that i was supposed to be intel um and i was like yeah screw all this because i don't want to brief for the rest of my life and here i am and uh <laughs> I have to brief all the damn time. <laughs> Out, but, you know, as an instructor, I tell the students now, I actually teach in the 1 and 8 course. So for targeting, I don't teach in the 1 and 0 course anymore. But um, yeah. I tell them, like, you think we're bad as instructors? If you had to go through tech school when I went through tech school, and obviously times have changed, a lot of stuff has happened. But I'm like, yeah. they would make us pick up our charts and walk through the fucking halls and brief when we couldn't yeah. even see what we were looking at and we had to know our stuff enough that we could brief them unclassified while walking through the hallways. And they're like, that never happened. I was like, my instructor came okay. in and erased my entire chart and was like, sorry, water spilt, try again. And I was like, that's what happened when I was in tech school. Not like here's three days to draw a route on a chart. Like, right. Exactly. Yeah. God. So I'm like, y'all are crazy whining too. because I'm asking you questions. Like I didn't erase your whole chart yeah. until you to start over right it's funny how it wasn't even like we talked like it was ages ago but it wasn't even that long ago mm-hmm. like you know i mean we are getting old though we're getting 14, up there guys i'm fucking old man this year. yeah <laughs> yeah I, I hit i hit 16 years this year oh shit 
Damn, dude. Yeah. Grandpa over here. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm old school. I'm about to, in uh, 13 days, I hit 14 years. I'll hit 14 in August. Yeah. Are we getting there? <laughs> I can see the light. What? Like, <laughs> I'm holding out. What's your What's your goal? Your career goal? Like, what do you want to end at? Um, I don't really have like an overall goal. I guess just so my goal with joining was just to like steal all the education benefits, which I've done yeah. pretty much. Um, right. But yeah, like I go up to meet or I go up to the master board for the first time this year. So hopefully I'll make it. But I'm not like yeah. uh, chasing a rank, I guess. I would like For to sure. do the shirt gig. I think it would be cool. But I also feel like I don't have enough um, empathy for people because I would mm. be like, hey, dumbass, like you did this. What do you want? For, like, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure what you want me to do uh, in this office. Like, she'll talk oh, to something's going to never change, Holly. <laughs> she'll talk to her and be like, oh, yeah, you're fucked. Sorry. <laughs> well, it sucks to be you. But I mean, even as a tech school instructor, these airmen, they'll come up and tell us things. And I'm like, why would you say that to me? Like, in your mind, when you were playing out this conversation, where did you think this was going to go? And, <laughs> like, they just don't understand. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, one of them, they're like, my MTL's bullying me. And I'm like, okay, like, what's happening? Tell me, because yeah, right. if somebody's power tripping, right. like, for sure, I need to go handle it. And he's like, well, they did a room inspection and messed up my bed. And I'm like, it sounds like you're being a crybaby. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, probably shouldn't have said that. Um, but yeah, like we don't get a wine because your bed's messed up. Just remake it and go on about your day. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, let's, uh, let's be adults here. It's a struggle. We're in the military. Sure. But yeah, I want, so I'm an additional duty shirt now. So I'll like take the phone and stuff. And sometimes the airmen will call and they'll be like, my tax's not working. That is not a first sergeant problem. Why are you calling this phone right now? No. <laughs> nope. But I don't know. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. What What about you? Where do you want to go? Man, just thinking about this whole reserve thing that I'm trying to do, um, if if the whole like situation doesn't work out on the active duty side, I, I, I'm literally at that point right now. Uh, and I know y'all have seen my posts on Facebook, like, I'm thinking about what's best for my situation yeah. more than anything. Like I've done my time going everywhere. Like this is my sixth base. You know, I've had two deployments. I go TDY all the time. You know, I'm like, I've, I've done, it, it literally feels like I've done what the air force has asked me to do. Like I've done it all. So um, it's like, I feel like I owe it to my family to like be somewhere where I'm in a centralized location around family. Um, Especially because I just, you know, I, uh, when I was in Alaska, um, I found out that my dad has cancer actually. So yeah, man. Um, I, uh, he's in the best case scenario right now. Um, you know, they, they're hoping just like chemo and surgery and he's done. So he's like healthy as a horse. So they don't even understand why it happened. Um, but, uh, it's just like stuff like that. Like life continues to happen and I'm just like elsewhere. Yeah. So, um, you know, and even Jack's being uh, with Leah right now in New Mexico, it's just hard because it's like an ocean apart all the time. So, um, you know, so I, I actually just talked to my chief here at PACF and he he wanted to know more about wh why I'm looking into that side. 
And I was like, honestly, like, you know me, and I think everybody knows me, I'll keep going career wise, like, I'll just keep doing what I do. Um, and that's what I wanted, like Airman Itzen wanted to be Chief Itzen, like, that's what I wanted. Um, but, you know, I just, I think now, like, at the expense of who, yeah. because I made personal decisions, you know, like, I, I'm a single mom, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the future, I don't know, who knows what's going to happen with my dad. You know, um, I have a pretty rocky relationship with my mom still. I have no idea where she's at, to be honest. Um, but it's like a lot of stuff that's going on in my family, like I'm not present for, you know, like being with my brother in Texas, like we got to, to talk a lot. I haven't seen him in a couple of years. So we caught up and it's like, I'm tired of doing stuff like this, you know? Yeah. Um, so I told him I, I did the whole my vector thing that they're trying to do with the whole talent marketplace now. And I was straight up like answering the questions like, yep, I'll do the tech school thing. Yep. I'll do the shirt thing. Uh, no, I don't want to go anywhere other than Texas, to be honest, because that's my centralized location. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens with that. And I think the results come out in August about like where they want me to be vectored to. Um, but like, if that doesn't work out, like I'm going to press with this reserve thing. I think, um, you know, like there's a couple of slots for shirt out there and even for my job. Um, and as long as I stay active, like on the AGR side, um, I can still get my retirement points and all that. I can still hit 20. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of like, I don't have that, like kind of what you were saying, Holly, like I don't have that set rank of where I want to go right now. Uh, I want to make airmen. It's unhappy and be a chief someday, but like, and now to the, I'm just to the point where like I want to finish out my 20 and just like leave a legacy behind but like make my family happy because yeah it's only six years away but six years is a long time to a kid you know like, yep. like I I want to do something that like I want to sit down roots um I just think it's it's way more important to me now than my career to be honest yeah that's how I was like I always had aspirations of being a chief but now that like I'm 14 years in and granted it's just as much as people hate it it's really just the generational change of the airmen coming in they make it difficult yeah. to like focus on where you want to go because I will say the majority of my time is spent like telling these 18 and 20 year old entitled kids really that when you signed on the dotted line like I'm not here to hold your hand anymore you're a grown-up like put your freaking right. hair in a bun like I don't well, I mean, now your foot can be like a, uh, or your hair can be a foot wide. Like you can't really mess this up. Just get it out of your face. Like that's all I need for you to do. Um, right. But I mean, that's not where my career should be focused at. Like I'm like you, I just want to help these guys. I want to mentor and like grow them, but it's almost a struggle to do that now. It's like, I shouldn't have to work so hard to make you be better. And yeah, um, yeah I'm going to like stick it out for the 20, but I don't want to just be here like, going through the motions every day I want to be like productively doing something while I'm finishing it out so uh, I go back and forth like I've looked at the palace chase thing a couple times and like I even just clicked a button on talent marketplace and then my squadron was like get fucked and I was like all right <laughs> but, okay <yeah. laughs> sounds good guys yeah but I mean it's almost like you're you're fighting a losing battle to do what's best for your family um, now in the military and, and that sucks, but, yeah. um, it's hard, especially with all of our kids, because we'll have instances like just the other day, um, 
our daughter, like, she just started crying, and we were like, what's going on? Like, tell us. And she's like, I just really miss all my friends in Florida. And that's hard on us, like, yeah. just to yeah. kind of talk through that with them and make them understand, you know, like, you have new friends, and we're growing as a family. And But to them, it's just like, right now, I need you to know that I'm missing my friends. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely a... It's definitely one of those we're at that kind of crossroads where we just don't really know anymore. Yeah, no, I feel you 100%. Family is the most important thing right now. What about you, Cruz? Now, same thing. I'm ready. I'm doing what's best for the family. I, I've been doing that for a few years now. Uh, hence, we came to Goodfellow for that reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, after the whole MTI gig, um, just like you were saying, it took me a while to acclimate to like regular work. And then yeah. a couple years after leaving, it really sunk in and it hit me. It's like, uh, yeah, we need to focus on the family because those that four years as an MTI damn near destroyed us. And uh, yeah. yeah, it put everything in jeopardy until I finally realized it a couple years after leaving. I was like, yeah, the, we need to figure the family thing out first and yet like we still do what we can in our career and you know do our best but uh our at least so far our choices have been for what's best for the family and uh, i still sure. fight that battle at work um you know some people they like to stay at, people that have families they like to stay at work for hours on end and uh mm. when when I'm like, hey, this stuff can wait till tomorrow and I'm out the door to go home with the family, some people don't like it. I was like, uh, I really don't give a shit. Like, I've lived that life. <laughs> so right. I know the game and I'm not playing it anymore. And you made Master You know, it's anyway. crazy. Yeah, I made Master anyway, so. <laughs> look at that. You know, look how that goes. It's, it's crazy how people hold that over your head. Like, yeah. you want to be there for your family. And it was like, even here, um, you know, since being back in the career field and me being in Afghanistan and then Korea and all that, and always just like, go, go, go. Like when I got here, I think that's why I ended up starting to go to therapy was because I was finally like settled somewhere and I was taking care of me and Jackson. I, I actually got depressed for a while because I was not always on the go. Like I usually am. Yeah. And so a lot of stuff started to process um so it it took <laughs> dogs going ape shit um <laughs> every time um, they just like to be on the podcast <laughs> there you go shout out um but yeah i my boss actually like he's probably the best supervisor i've ever had because um he would tell me just like like joke around with me sometimes like who hurt you like why like why are you still at work you know like why are you like why like just put the computer down don't take it home you know you know of course we have laptops now so like you can take work everywhere and yeah and people use that to their advantage and Ooh, and yeah. i'm like i'm telling you man and it's they gave me a work phone too when i got here and i'm like yeah because i'm gonna not obsessively check my email now you know um but um he had to like almost like train me to like stop working at a certain point and like go home like nothing's gonna get fixed today like or over the weekend or whatever like just deal with it on monday and i had to tell him I'm like i'm telling you like lachlan screwed me up still to this day yeah. like mm -hmm. i feel like I, I have to continue like i can't let the mission fail and he'd be like 
what mission? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's definitely a part of it because for us, it'll be like, there are people that we work with and they just want somebody in your seat. Like if you're effectively doing nothing, like you're not on podium teaching, you don't have anything going on. They're like, well, you need to be here from 7.30 to 4.30. And the people I supervise, I'm like, bye, see you tomorrow. Like go, go home, like binge watch Netflix. If I call you, answer the phone. That's all I'm asking. Like don't get trashed at 11 a.m. Like just be a real real grown up and answer your phone if I need you to. Um, But yeah, it's like, the mindset is we just need you in the office. And for me, I'm like, that's not a thing. Like I'm not having my people sit here because you want to see them in the office. Like that's not, it doesn't make sense. But even you with don't the whole earn thing, cold points for doing that. Yeah. And even, but people still do that. And we did it in instructors and I guess uh, like people, uh, they'll be like, Oh yeah, I didn't leave work till 7 PM last night. And I was like, okay you probably didn't get that much accomplished either you were just there right Right. um you're just doing busy work at that point yeah and a lot of the the younger crowd um (laughs) he almost knocked me off the stool no big deal (laughs) i almost just died (laughs) so a lot of the instructors here that are like seven eight years in pretty much like the same amount when we went through uh the mti gig so we were there constantly like even when we didn't need to be we were there right taking care of the taking care of the flight and uh, the mm. same thing happens here. It's like, oh, well, I've got stuff to do. No, you don't. Like, that stuff can wait. It really oh. can wait. Like, go home. Right. Go spend time with your family. If you're single, go hang out with friends. Go do something. Find a family. Like, have, have, a, have, a <laughs> life, right. have a life outside of this. And then people get so fucking worked up. Like, they get stressed out. And then, like you were talking about having access at home. People are obsessively checking their freaking email mm. all the time. People are on leave and they're checking email. Send an email. Yes. Like, like, get out of here. Like, stop that. I told my boss when I went to Texas just now, I was like, you know, you're not going to hear a damn word out of me, right? The whole time I'm gone. Like, I'm not going to answer the phone. I'm, like, unless something's going on where I need to drop everything and leave, which doubt it. Um, Don't and call me. I, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it feels so much better that I can do that now because I remember like you just talking about like your troops and all that. Like I remember in Korea, it's kind of like when I started finally like getting it, like just being at least being that advocate for my troops instead of just the cycle continuing. Mm -hmm. So like they would want to all go to lunch together. I had like five airmen. They would all want to go to lunch together. And I'm like, cool. Yeah, go. I'll, I can answer the phones for an hour. Like I'm the section chief. And so like my mass sergeant would come in at the time and he'd be like, where are the kids at? And I'm like, they all went to lunch. And he would just like be so worked up about it. And I'm like, who cares? Like no, literally nothing's happening right now. Yeah. You know? And if I like, I want to be able to do that for them. Like if they want to go take an extended lunch on a Friday, like so be it. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, it, I think the, it's a little things. The big thing with that is we have so many really young NCOs. And mm. I mean, that's out of our hands, right? Like that's a big Air Force problem. But when you have these six, seven year tech sergeants and they're leading groups of people, it's like I'm a 14 year mm. tech sergeant, right? Like I've been in forever. But then when you yeah. have a nine year master sergeant, like, can I mentor you? Right. Nah, bitch. Just like, I don't want to hear anything <laughs> you have to say because. Like what right. you're going to tell me is never going to outweigh the experience I have. Like I get it. You wear the stripe and I respect that stripe, 
but you as a whole person yep. got to go. <laughs> I, you are not for me. And it's, it's I'm hard. telling you. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing in my career field with, uh, it's, it's new NCOs that again, like I said, I, I didn't learn how to be an NCO until I was an MTI. So like, we don't have that kind of atmosphere in my career field. And not only that, we have a really high rate of um, cross-training senior NCOs. So that's another big issue in our, like the culture um, of the career field is that they, it's a different um, dynamic when you go from one career field to the next, especially ours, because we have such a high impact, like on the bases and all that. Um, it just the whole deployment process. That's what we own. We own it. Um, and um, so when you have someone who also, who doesn't understand how the dynamic is and how we, we usually develop faster as airmen because of the career field. Um, and then they, they don't have the experience in the career field to understand the tactical level of stuff. Like it just creates so much animosity between people um, that uh, that's another reason why people leave. Um so it's, it's really hard when you, again, like you said, like I, I, uh, you know, of course I came here as a tech and I have masters that they don't have the experience that I do, um, trying to like flex on me. And I'm like, um, yeah, I really don't care what kind of rank you have, or you're the, you're the m most highest ranking master sergeant. And I'm, I'm just a baby master sergeant. Like who, who really cares about shit like that? Like I have more experience than you do, you know? Um, I just, I've never been that person to worry about stuff like that, especially like NTI land was really big on that shit too. Like, oh, I'm going to see your instructor. Blah, blah. <laughs> um, like, cool. We're both staff sergeants. Yeah, awesome. but you don't carry yourself that way. You just carry yourself as a master sergeant. And I feel like that's how I am as a tech sergeant. And people always come up to me and be like, hey, like this. And I'm like, bro, I've only been a tech sergeant for like three months. Like, I don't know what I'm doing with my hands yet. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I I'm new to this game. Let me, give me a minute to figure this out <laughs> yeah, and I'll get you there. Right. <laughs> right. It's, um, you know, my boss, he kind of like warned me. He like, I remember him sitting down and warning me like, I hope you know, like when you put the stripe on uh, and you're in, in the senior CO tier, like things are going to change. You know, you're going to see a lot more of the political side and like people just like um, trying to take spots away from you. And sure as shit, like when I got back from Alaska, um, you know, he's PCSing and he wanted me to take his spot as a superintendent. And apparently some other man sergeant went behind our backs and went to our chief and was like all up Pick in arms me. about me taking the <laughs> spot. Yeah. And he, the, my chief legit asked him, like, why do you need to be in the superintendent spot so bad? And he's like, for the duty title. Like that's all the guy wants. Yeah. So, um, so clearly my chief was like, well, now I know why I picked Sergeant Itson to take over, you know, like I don't care about any of that shit. No, but here, um, here in, well, in ATC in general, everybody here is a duty title chaser. And I mean, they make up the dumbest fucking duty titles. So they'll be like, I'm the superintendent of training. That's not even real. Yeah. Like that is the thing. dumbest thing I yeah. ever heard. Like one superintendent of the squadron. Nobody else can have that title. We have like twelve superintendents <laughs> in our squadron. And like I'm not even Award. joking. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what what would you say you do here? Like be an NCOIC? All right. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. So you're an instructor like the rest of us. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's a struggle. It's crazy, man. Yeah. But it is what it is. Um, Such is life. You know, I... Yeah, exactly. 
Oh, I could talk about that all day. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but I think we're good to wrap it up. We're already at an hour and a half. Dang, that passed quick. Yeah, man. We were like, we're going to keep it for an hour. Here we are, 30 minutes afterwards. (laughs) Right. We just fell right back into it, talking forever. And we didn't even talk about the time you punched me in the face. (laughs) Oh, my God. See, okay. So I I I told my girlfriend yesterday, I was like, I'm going on this podcast, and I guarantee you she's going to bring that up. I guarantee it. Oh, you just had to throw that in in the last second. We were it talking. was an accident. Hell no. Just tell it. That's what you get, bitch. <laughs> I know. I was telling my students because they don't mega flight march to school anymore. Like, that's not a thing. And so I was yeah. like, after school, we all got released at the same time. And we had a lineup in the grass on the side of the building. And we mega flighted back to the dorms. And they were like, that never happened. I was like, I got punched in the face right there. Like, right there. Got punched. And they were like, they all look at me. And I'm like, that's, that's for real. That happened. <laughs> And yes. Look at you being a master sergeant. Tell that story to your airman. I'll punch you I, in the face. I, I will square up and punch you in the face. <laughs> That's funny. What What was so hilarious about that was I I didn't even like I wasn't trying to. I I'm pretty sure like I was trying to like we were messing around. And I wasn't I went even to, like, talking to you. Or no. You were talking where, to Scotty. Were we messing around? You were talking to Scotty. Oh, that's what it was. Behind yes. me, yeah, and yeah. I was talking to. I don't know, like somebody else. And I turned around because I was going to like ask you a question and you were just like doing something. And it was like, I was like, oh shit, that just happened. <laughs> that just happened. I just remember taking off my hat and like catching the blood. Like, why would that be my first option? Because my nose just, I was bleeding bad. And she's like chasing me like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, it was a whole mess. I'm just super freaking strong i don't know like i i i was like oh snap i got that hook though you're like yeah oh that's funny i was kind of proud of myself but sorry bitch don't fuck with me that was good times we had fun and like tech school was miserable but we made it fun we had so much fun i i think it's like um, a blanket statement from my military career. Like uh, a lot of it sucked, but I met some cool fucking people in the meantime. <laughs> had a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a good time in, <laughs> during the torture. Yes. All right, yeah. you ready? I'm ready. All right, we're going to cut it there. That's a wrap. Um, thanks yeah, for man. being on the podcast. This was awesome. Absolutely. This was a good time. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we'll do it again because I know there's a lot of more stories that we're not told. Oh, we could. Hell yeah, man. Let's do it. I'm here for it. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, don't forget to hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. Like us, follow us, do all the cool shit. Um, subscribe to the podcast, wherever it is that you're listening to it. If you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the bottom, hit that fifth star, give us a five-star review or whatever review you want. Uh, but just hook us up. And uh, thanks again for listening, babes. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Hey, don't hang up. Uh, Peace out, Cub Scouts. We'll see y'all next week. Later.